Hello all. Welcome to a steaming giant pile of bear scat. And uh, I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And uh, we're here to uh, talk about the bears so you don't have to. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers owns us as he so delicately has been putting it all week. Wow. <laughs> That's just, um, that was a whole new low. Yeah, I mean, before we get into it, a couple of just brief reminders. You can find us on, on the podcasts app and also on Spotify. You can follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore scat. And you can send us emails at bearscat.podcast at gmail.com. And that email address is out on the Twitter page as well. So if you'd like to interact with the show, that's a couple of ways that you can do it. Nice! <laughs> but but I agree. Uh, that that was an all-timer. Um, I think that's going to be kind of the way that we all remember Aaron Rodgers' hopefully final game at Soldier Field. And it, it made me sad because I'm not sad that Rodgers is probably not going to be on the Packers next year and that we're not going to have to see him come to town Ooh. once a year. But, man, I, I've always wanted my whole life to see us go on some sort of sustained success against him. And I just realized on Sunday that that is never going to happen, most likely, at least not while he's in a Packers uniform. And probably the last thing we're going to remember is him dancing around in the end zone, screaming <laughs> at our fans. So. Wow, that one uh that one was really painful to watch. Um that was one of the more painful ones I remember. Um you know, we dealt with this with 4 and then it went right into 12. Uh the only thing that we can hope for is a, a merciful football god that grants the Packers a crappy quarterback for the next 10 years. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it, we could actually see 12 go away. Um, and, uh, that, that would bring some, it would bring minor relief, at least to me. It's, it's such a sad commentary on the bears that <laughs> our only hope of beating them is that Aaron Rodgers is, is potentially moving on. Yeah. It's like, I mean, and by the way, like imagine having Aaron Rodgers and not doing everything in your power to keep him in your organization. I mean, that's, that's a story for another day, but the thing that I thought was the most disappointing part about the game is it's not like the Bears looked completely overmatched. I mean, they got off Agreed. to a good start. We talked about it last week. The defense wasn't expected to shut them down completely, but they only gave up 24 points. I mean, the, the last touchdown drive was kind of a backbreaker, but right. if you only give up 24 points against those guys and you hold Devontae Adams to the numbers that you held him to... You expect to win that game, and the offense just did not play well. Well, with Adams, you know, uh, that was my big point last week, was I didn't want to see the uh, the the 12 Adams show. And so we did get to see a, a, some pretty good uh, play by uh, Jalen Johnson there. Um, however, uh, the kid still has quite a bit to learn because – just like last year when he was a starter, we saw some great play out of him, but then we'd see these lapses. And, um, you know, he has to play better. I don't care whether it's a broken play or not. Uh, when, you're, when your job on Sunday is to shadow one guy, 
you can't let a, a breakdown like that happen at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that was a weird one, and I, I haven't heard an explanation for that yet from Nagy or Desai, so apologies if I missed it, but it kind of looked like Johnson was expecting help over the top from Eddie Jackson because it was weird. He got beat off the line, and then he just kind of stopped. Like, yeah. I, I couldn't tell if he was loafing on the play or if he expected that somebody else was going to take over the coverage on that route. But it was frustrating. To me, to it see. looked like a little bit of both. It might have been, but when he is assigned to shadow him the entire game, that feels like an odd excuse for him to let Adams just beat him right off the jam and, and then just and, stop stop covering him. And right so there, weird. we, we got to take a timeout and talk about Eddie Jackson. <laughs> what in the hell? Uh, you know. I loved that pick when we made that pick. I mean, this was before he became Eddie Jackson. Yeah. I loved it because he, he performed really well uh, at Alabama, and he actually was a great punt returner at Alabama, too. We never made use of that. But, uh, you know, he had that outstanding rookie uh, rookie season. Um, he, he re- The only reason he fell in the draft was because he broke his arm, yeah. and he so he wasn't around for his last season. But... You know, here's this, uh, here's another patented naggy fourth to sixth round guy, um, turns golden, and I'm, I still, I'm going to hammer it into the ground until people start coming up and just saying, shut up. It's, I, I'm not, I am not convinced that uh, not having Adrian Amos there anymore didn't have a major effect on it. I, I absolutely believe that. And I believe it could be. I've seen, uh, I've had thoughts in my head, uh, shades of Briggs without Urlacher. I, I mean, I, that might be extreme, but the, th- the simple fact of the matter is you can't argue the play. We've had to fill in guys there, and his play has gone down significantly. Yeah, so, so I kind of want to... I want to get into Eddie Jackson a little bit because the missed tackle on Adams was terrible. Terrible. I, I think Eddie Jackson, in fairness, has covered pretty well. You could have run year. out of the stands and tackled him better than that. Yeah, it it was a complete miss, which just can't happen in that situation. And when it I, looked lazy too. Well, and that's the thing with him is sometimes on these tackles, it's like, are you even trying to put a shoulder yes. on the guy? Like it looked like he saw his opportunity to hit Adams and instead of putting his shoulder in him, he kinda like dove at his feet. Right. And thankfully Adams stepped out of bounds. It ended up not mattering because the Packers scored shortly thereafter anyway. Right. But with Eddie Jackson, I, I want to be fair because I-, I think that he has done well in pass coverage for the most part. I think he's a part of the reason that the Bears have not been absolutely shredded in the passing Agreed. game. Agreed. With bottom of the league talent at cornerback. But every game, it seems like, he has one of these plays where he just looks completely uninterested in making a tackle, and that just can't happen from an NFL safety. And I I think that, you know, if you're just watching the game, those are the plays that you see. You don't see him covering well on the other plays. But 
man, I mean, all you have to do is listen to the former the former Bears defenders. Right. And they have been unanimous in criticizing that play. Like, we're not asking you to be Troy Palomalu and come up and take <laughs> Adam's head off, but you got to do something more than that to get him on the ground or at least try to keep him there for a little bit to give someone else the opportunity to rally and tackle him from behind. I mean, you just well, can't, you can't and, let up like that. And in that same vein, um, I agree with you. Uh He's he's still a, a good free safety as far as his coverage skills, but even there, um, you know how much is it that he looks good because everyone else around him is so awful? Yeah, that's part of it. You know, I mean, uh, the secondary again it, it continues to struggle. Uh, I I definitely like uh, watching. Kindle Vildor of Westeros. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I think he is a really great pick. But at the same time, he shouldn't be starting yet. He, uh, It's obviously overwhelming to him. And uh, so you, you have Jalen Johnson as, as your one and your two and maybe two and a half. I, the the rest of the secondary is as much of a disaster as it looked like on paper at the beginning of the season, and uh, you know the the help is 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 Tayshawn Gibson, who that guy used up all of his career with another team. You know he he's I think he's playing pretty decently. But the simple fact of the matter is, is that he's just worn out. And he missed a huge tackle on Sunday too. That, huge. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but he missed. He he had a guy one on one in space, missed him, and he, and he ran in for a touchdown. Yeah, like, you it, just can't have it from that guy. Like your job is to be good at tackling. Right, and he. That's the thing is, is that he he just doesn't have that kind of um, endurance and. Uh, ability anymore he's just passed it he's used it up that's not that's not being critical of him as a player that all players get to that that point and i that's the thing is i've seen pace do this before where he's gone and he's picked up um some veteran who was great and brought him in and said well you know he was great so he still can be yeah it's it's frustrating seeing amos out there playing for the packers just because once again, not a spectacular player, but just a guy that just shows up every week, is solid, makes the plays he's supposed to, probably should have had an interception on Sunday that could have gone either way, but it's frustrating seeing, seeing him as kind of a staple of that Green Bay secondary. And of course he goes to Green Bay. Yeah, when, like we, when, when we've had a, a revolving door at, at that uh, safety position opposite Eddie Jackson. You know, there's maybe something to be said, too, with Eddie Jackson, because... With Amos there, Amos was the vet in that secondary, and now now it's Jackson. And like we've said, I mean, it, you have these plays with Eddie Jackson where you're just wondering where his head's at, right? Like game one this year when he doesn't touch Jefferson down allows him to walk into the end zone. He had uh, just crazy. Yeah, the game against the Browns where he completely bailed out of a tackle against Kareem Hunt, and then you've had several more miscommunications in the secondary, and then this past Sunday. Both the um, the the Adams play that we talked about, and then also the touchdown with Lazard when he had that kind of shovel pass up the middle. Jackson could have made a tackle on both of those plays, and and he missed them both. And you know, and then that's I, where he's supposed to be. Yeah, and and the the thing that 
was disappointing to me too was then after the game going after Lance Briggs on Twitter. Like that that is that is that is not a way to endear yourself to the fan base. Yeah. I mean, Lance Briggs is an all time bear and nothing that Briggs said to me sounded unfair. No. It, I didn't think so. I felt like it was deserved. All he said is you got to make that play. Yeah. And you do have to make that play. You do. Uh, especially because you're one of the highest paid players on the team. That's just, that's a simple fact. Um, that you're not one of the uh, you're not the the fifth round guy that you were when you were when you were drafted. You're one of the top paid players, and that means you're supposed to perform that way. To me, I've seen shades of Deion Sanders with him in the I don't want to tackle anybody, but Deion got away with it because he was faster than everyone on the field, and if you ever threw the ball near him, he was eating your lunch. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing with Jackson, too, is, I mean, he he had a ton of interceptions in 18, but he's never repeated that. And, like, you know, you and I are, like, two jamokes sitting here doing a podcast, so it's tough to question the concentration or the effort of somebody, but you don't have a choice. Yeah, absolutely. When, when you're seeing some of this stuff, and then when you're hearing him immediately after the game fighting with Bears alumni on Twitter, like, where's your head at with some of this stuff, man? Yeah. Um, that's a, another thing, um, I th- felt like was interesting and has been this year is this team obviously is trying to have some kind of cohesion, right? Um, we have so many young players, uh, mixed with some kind of old has been guys, uh, mixed with, um, you know, uh, players that probably won't be with the team next year. Uh, and so there's, they're trying to gel, right? And I, I don't, I don't see that yet. I, it, there's too much fill. There's there's quite a bit of fill on this team, and not solid position guys, right? I mean, even when you look at uh, to to transfer over um, now to the offensive line, that that's still a mess. I mean, it's a terribly constructed roster. We've beaten that to death on previous episodes of yeah. their scat. So I don't think we have to run down the list of all the Ryan Pace mistakes again, but it's just a weird fit with a lot of these places, right? Like the secondary is the perfect example of the line. You've got veterans, you've got kind of stopgap guys, you've got young players that probably shouldn't be playing yet. That's not a recipe for success. And, you know, I, I, I think, you know, and that's, def- a, and that's exactly my point, yeah. right? And, you know, the, um, and, you're right. Uh, that's not even a, it's not even so much about uh, beating down on pace. We could do that all day every day, right? <laughs> In fact, I do that all day every day. But um the what I'm talking about though is, you know, having that glue, right? That chemistry. And the the line is to me is a is a perfect microcosm of what the entire team is going through, right? You you have um, you have Elijah Wilkinson. I mean, he's a never has been. Uh, you have Peters, who's the Hall of Famer, who's way, way past his prime. Uh, and then you have some young guys. Uh, you have Mustafer, who 
I, I think the kid puts a lot of effort out there, but he's definitely in over his head. He's he's trying to learn on the job, and it shows, well, right? And he was an undrafted free agent. I mean, right. the fact that he's been as good as he's been has it's been... a miracle. And it's been a godsend, too. Can you imagine if he hadn't been at least solid? Like, you'd be trying to fill another spot on that line that's already below average at pretty much every position other than potentially at the two guards. You can make an argument probably about white hair, but James Daniels seems pretty solid. And Daniels is solid, yeah. right? But we, if you think about it, he, we haven't had him very long. You know I mean? He's, I mean, he missed most of last year, right? So, um, and then white hairs played practically every position. He, he I think they're going to line him up at running back next. Well, and like this is just the the cause of all this has been the same from Ryan Pace to Phil Emery to Jerry Angelo. When you draft poorly, you end up having to fill spots with guys that are not ideal fits and that a lot of times are making more money than they're probably worth at that point in their career. Shane McClellan. Yeah, and and I mean the Bears drafting has just not been good. I mean we talk all the time about Ryan Pace's four to six Who round. Who needs hits. Chandler Jones? <laughs> yeah. It's like it's great to get good players in the fourth to sixth round, but those guys should be filling in the cracks of a championship team. That shouldn't be your foundation, right? Like the foundation of championship teams is built in the early rounds of the draft and there just hasn't been success there when we're talking about the Bears through multiple regimes now. And it ends up with this weirdly constructed roster that, you know, can scrap and fight and win some games, but not competing for a championship. And, you know, um, I actually, uh, weirdly, I think that's a really good term for there because that's kind of the the whole roster is just weird. <laughs> you looked at it before the season and you were just like, what the hell, right? You know, and, you know, it's, you look at it now and it's still that. It, where is our, uh, some kind of, uh, solidification of of the roster. Where where are we seeing some gel now? I, I think that a good place uh, to point out, uh, as far as some gel, would be the defensive line. That's probably the closest that we have to it, just because of the play of Quinn and Mac right now. Yep. But even with that, um, you know the the D tackles, we're getting gashed like crazy on the run. Yeah, and. It's disappointing to see that, especially now that Eddie Goldman's back. That's the guy that you're really counting on to plug up those gaps. He used in the to center be of the line, but that hasn't happened. And I, I, it's it's weird. I haven't really been able to figure out exactly why that's happening. I mean, obviously, you're, I know Akeem Hicks played, but he clearly wasn't at full strength. But with this front seven, I can't figure out why you're getting gashed so easily in every game so far. Even the Lions mm-hmm. were running all over us, right? So like. That's disappointing to see. Even um, the Lions. <laughs> yeah, the the other thing that's been disappointing, especially in that game, is just the, the lack of uh, ex- explosive plays from the offense. Like, we talked about on our last episode, we can probably run the ball against Green Bay, but you've got to win with chunk plays against that team. And yep. they, they had a couple opportunities, but, you know, it's one of those things that as we kind of start to look forward through these next few games right like that's something that you gotta start seeing more of is an ability to complete the, the ball downfield and we just haven't seen it the last couple of games for and even um even though we've had uh we had some chances in the backfield and we and we got some sacks um 
once again, their their running backs were were very effective against us. Yeah, you know they uh, both of them churned out a lot of yards. And while um, I as I was saying, I feel like we did mostly a good job against Adams. He still had two explosive plays of his own, and we were not able to really um, get a grip on on, on that. Um, we weren't really able to generate them, and we weren't really able to uh, to to get a grip and contain them. No, and I don't, you know, I don't think know if you'll ever be able to fully shut him down. But like you said, right? I mean, that that last play was such a backbreaker. And you just can't have that happen in that situation. Yeah, and you know, so um, uh, we're gonna we're gonna switch up here. We're gonna do something a little different this week, um, so we don't just continue to talk about the Packers because we could definitely bitch about the Packers <laughs> for uh, the next week or so. Um, and uh, so we're gonna it's uh, it's officially turned into trimesters. That's what I read this week. Uh, the, the season is being broken into trimesters, uh, with, uh, us having 17 games. So there was, uh, quite a bit of talk about that this week. So I thought we'd do our own little mini version. So yeah. I'm going to start with Jim here and, uh, I'm going to ask him right now, who's your Bears offensive MVP? Offensive MVP? Uh, I mean, can I, can I, can I say the running back room? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Going into the season, right, the whole thing really for Matt Nagy's entire tenure was they never run the ball, they can't run the ball, and honestly, the running game's been That's because he never did run the ball. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at at least for the last three games, once play calling has at least supposedly been turned over to Bill Lazor, Montgomery, Williams, and Herbert have all looked really solid. And And we we saw that surge last year, too, in those last few games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and so there's a pattern there, and the Lions played well, too. But I wasn't really expecting much out of any of the running backs, especially nobody behind Montgomery. So the fact that they have been, you know, successful... Uh, led to at least one win over over Vegas, and then you know kept them in the game versus Green Bay. I I, I, I agree with you. Um, and like you said, the the room right. Um, Monty, I read he he dropped eight pounds in the off season, just in in uh, specifically targeted at speed and shiftiness. Um, I think we've seen that uh, really that really sucked seeing him go down. Yeah. Um, especially in, in such a harsh manner. Um, and you know, then we have, uh, uh, I, I liked the, the Damian Williams pickup. Um, but he, uh, decided that he has to go off the field now for COVID for a bit. Um, so the, the kid though, um, Herbert, that, that kid, he's like two years younger than, uh, (laughs) than Monty. Right. So, um, Herbert looks really good. Herbert looks good enough that he could push Monty uh, for the for the starting spot. And um, you know, uh, we'll have to see how it, it you know proceeds this week. Um, I guess uh, Artavis Pierce is going to be active. Uh, uh, Nall and um, oh, there's another one too that 
I don't know. When reached for comment, he said I'd never even heard of me. So I, I don't. Uh, I, I don't remember who the other one was. I but, mean, um, part of the reason we're doing this trimester review is because I don't think either you or me has a hot take on the Bucks game. I mean, <laughs> it's just a horrible matchup for the it's Bears. It's a horrible matchup. The Bucks shut down everybody's running game, so I don't think the Bears are going to have any success running this week at all. So, so uh, my uh, Bears offensive MVP um, is Fields, uh, simply because not not his numbers. We know his numbers are not there yet. That's been drummed into the ground by everybody. Um, I don't look at that. That's not what I'm looking at him for. I look at him the same way I looked at Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon's numbers were never great, even though he played for amazing teams. Um, but you know what? When he was on the field, there was no question as to who was running things. And that was one of the things that he was very good at. I still firmly see that in that kid. I think Fields gets on that, gets out there, and yes, he is number one. Um, I think that number is perfect for him because he seems to have a keener sense as to what is going on than even Nagy does. So, um, you know, that's my take. Well, and we've seen flashes too. I don't think that at any point you or me said that we expect Fields to go out there and look like a Pro Bowl quarterback from day Correct. one. Correct. Like, I just wanted to see him play, I wanted to see him get a chance to develop. And we've seen some flashes, like we talked about the the several nice plays he had against Detroit. I really loved that uh, third and long he completed to Mooney against Vegas this Absolutely. last week. Not much. One thing I did really like, actually, that I, I think a lot of people were critical of that I don't agree with was the uh, play where he thought they got, well, that, where they did get Green Bay to jump off sides and it just didn't get called. Yeah, I thought it was really good presence of mind to actually take that shot downfield. Um, I think that we saw a lot of times with Mitch, for example, where you'd get that free play or you know supposed free play and he would he not would recognize it. Yeah, and so I thought that was something positive from Fields, and I, I hope that he learns that you know you got to maybe look to see if the flag actually does get thrown, but. I thought it was pretty blatant, so I was happy that he at least took that shot downfield. Me too. Um, uh, keep doing it. Uh, you know, because I, I think that um, we, I don't care what anybody says, they were jobbed on that call. Uh, but that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, he did have that presence of mind, but at the same time, he does have to be fully aware. One thing that 12 did say after the game that I thought was useful was he did say, when I'm doing that, I look for the flag to fly. Yep. Right before I release the ball, I look for the flag to fly. And I was like, well, at least he's being, you know, at least he's being honest and upfront about it. He's got great awareness. Yeah. Nobody's going to take that from 12. Maybe the best in the NFL, right? Um, I, I don't know, him or Brady, probably the best awareness in the NFL. So um, I could certainly see that. Well, and I wish somebody had asked Rodgers a follow-up as at what point in your career did you start doing that? Because it seems like a lot to ask for, especially a rookie, when you already know the defense has a head start on you to have the presence of mind to look for the flag. I'm sure Rodgers does it. I'm sure Brady does it. I'm sure the greats do it. But I'd be curious how many quarterbacks, if they're being honest, actually look for that flag. And I think Fields is aware and uh, smart enough at some point that he'll develop that that presence of mind. Um, Asking him to be doing it from day one seems like 
a lot, but I, I, I'd love to have heard that follow-up to Rodgers asking him actually when in his career he was able to have that next level awareness to actually look for that flag. Absolutely. Um, so, okay, I'm going to start off the uh, who is my Bears defensive MVP? Roqua. <laughs> He's just such a beast. I, I, I have to give, it the, uh, give him the edge over uh, the two outside linebackers, both having great seasons so far. But uh, Roquan, to me, is unquestionably the best defensive player that we have. Um, he's young. He's he's tough. He plays like a true monster of the midway. He is. It's like we, for all the troubles that we have with quarterback, the exact opposite comes to the quarterback of the defense because we've just had one right after another. And I really thought at the when we first brought him. I was wondering if he was going to kind of be our first miss, but he, it's like it's coming to his veins. Yeah, it's tough to argue with with how well Roquan has played. I, I think he's probably the middle linebacker that's playing the best in the NFL right now. I mean, he's just uh, he is just so fast out there, and he just finds the ball. And when he gets there, he gets there with bad intentions, as they say. <laughs> and you, you love watching him play. He's just hopefully going to be one of those guys that carries on the tradition of just great Bears middle linebackers, and hopefully he's here for a really long time. I, I hope that Pace or whoever is the general manager of the team after this year finds a way to get him extended for, yeah. for a long time because I, I love watching that kid play. Agreed, agreed. Um, so uh, who has been your surprise player? Oh, that's a good one. Surprise player? Um, yeah, I... I, I can I can I go with Robert Quinn? Uh, <laughs> I, I think you, I think you got to go with Robert Quinn. That's my pick too. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, I I shouldn't be surprised because I think he's the second biggest cap hit on the team. Right. But I was expecting absolutely nothing from him coming into the year, and to see the way that he has rebounded from last year. I mean, he he's been arguably their defensive MVP. I mean, he's in the backfield all the time. He's playing great against the run and. It's been a lot of fun watching him because I was going to say at the start of this year that that was going to be one of the worst, <laughs> if not the worst, mistakes of Ryan Pace's tenure. And that is not a low bar to clear. He's, <laughs> he's had some real losers, but uh, the way that Quinn has played this year so far has just been really encouraging. And I know he's out this week with COVID or potentially out, so hopefully he recovers from that and is able to continue the success he's had because it's been fun to watch. Yeah, I, I hope he's not gone from uh, the sideline for too long. Um, yeah, and the resurgence also, the spark he's given Mac on the other side. Yeah, uh, The two of them are... I, 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 I challenge you to find two outside linebackers that are playing that that well right now. Um, they're at the top of the league. If they're not number one, um, it's pretty close, right, uh, as, a, as a tandem. And, uh, I mean, their numbers, actually, they're number one in the league as far as the, as far as the tandem for, for actual numbers. But uh, just the fact that they're always in the backfield, right, and um, they're, they're, they're playing the way that we envisioned that they would play. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean... A couple other guys I'd like to maybe nominate for as guys that have really surprised me is we've already talked about him, but Kendall Vildor of, of Westeros. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was expecting that second cornerback position to be terrible, and he's played pretty well uh, I like in my it. opinion. So uh, I've been happy to see that. And the other guy uh, is is Peters. I, I think that 
people have been hard on him and he's clearly past his prime, but I think he's come in off the couch as a 39 year old and been competent. Other than, I, I agree. Other than the game against Cleveland, which I put more on Nagy than Peters. I absolutely do. And, and so like just seeing that, um, the left tackle position could have been a disaster. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, for finding him on the couch, um, you know, I, I was really critical of him, uh, early on just because but the more I thought about it, it's just like that Cleveland game. It's not his fault. You know, we uh, were looking for, we, we were in dire need. Bad enough that we had to go and call him up out of his living room. Literally, right? So, um, you know, what exactly are you expecting? And I think for uh, that being the case, I think he's actually playing pretty well. And I wouldn't doubt that he's imparting some pretty darn good knowledge to those around him. You hope so. I mean... Well, at least once a game, he just knocks a guy right on his ass. Just clobbers him. And so, for a guy that I was expecting absolutely nothing from to have come in and actually at least stabilize the position, at least for the first trimester, as we're calling it, um, that's been encouraging. And you hope it continues. I don't know if he'll be able to make it through the full season, but you, you hope he does because there's nothing behind him in terms of options. And uh, I'm just going to give a quick shout-out to Alec Ogletree. Yeah. Um, I, I think that uh, he has done a good job. I actually have questioned a little bit um, why Trevathan's, uh, Trevathan's numbers, uh, numbers, his time on field has actually gone up because – um, he's looking pretty shaky. And, you know, we, we saw that last year, and he seemed to finally come around, what, about game six? Yeah. And then, so, now, uh, you know, they bring him back, and um, I, I don't really understand that uh, move by Desai because they seem like they're at least 50-50 right now. It's, it's also just weird seeing Trevathan run around with number six. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree on Ogletree. That's another guy that... Kind of, he didn't. Isn't the story that he showed up to watch the Olympics with Robert Quinn because <laughs> Quinn's sister was competing, and the Bears are just like, "Hey, you want to come try out?" And they signed him. He's been really good. He makes some plays out there, and he's been playing some special teams too, which is a little surprising for a guy of his tenure. But I think all all good things to say about. Yeah, him. that's um. Yeah, Quinn actually told the Bears staff yeah. that he was going to be in town. <laughs> and Rob, Robert Quinn, uh, once he's done, maybe he can be the general manager. But... <laughs> um, okay, uh, so the, uh, uh, this question uh, I'll start off with is, who is your dud? <laughs> oh, so, you know, you got to have a dud. We're talking about the Bears. So, um Mine is the king, Jimmy Graham. <laughs> Please, what? It just, I, I I can't get over it for right now, fans. I will get over it, I promise you, by at least 2024. Uh, but, uh, you know, the fact that we have struggled in the secondary so much and they decided to keep him uh, and not put that money towards keeping Kyle Fuller, uh, I know Fuller's not playing as good as uh, the way I've read it is. He's not playing as good as he, he has in the past. But um, he definitely would be a big upgrade over several players in the secondary. Yeah, I mean, what what can you say about Jimmy Graham? Has there been any explanation for why he just doesn't play at all anymore? I, I, I don't. I, I don't. 
I, I think that the coaching staff probably just recognizes him for what he is, that he's, he's gone. He's, his time is done. He, he's, just on the, he's just on the team because he makes so much money and that he's a, he's a huge salary cap hole, dead cap space. So I think he's third or fourth in, on the team this year in dead cap space. So um, that contract, people don't get that that contract that they gave him was rich. Yep. It was a rich deal for two years for a guy who was coming off, what, two of the worst years in his career, I think? Or was it three? Uh, you know, I mean, with the Packers, he was a nobody, yep. you know. So um, if you are playing with the best quarterback and arguably the best quarterback in the NFL and you suck, um, there's probably an issue there. Oh, absolutely. Especially Rodgers. He loves his tight ends, yeah. right? So. It's uh, it's a terrible contract, and you know the only thing that you can maybe hope is that he's providing some veteran leadership in the locker room. I'm skeptical of that, but you know it, it's my just balls. A, yeah, it's just an all around terrible contract, <laughs> and uh, it's just not much more to say than that. Yeah. So um, honorable mention to Dud. I think Allen Robinson's been disappointing. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, you know, in that, which, I can't remember which game it was, but he dropped that perfect touchdown, would-be touchdown. Was that week two? But, yeah, I think that was the Bengals game. And he just hasn't been the same guy. You kind of wonder if he's playing injured. He had the one play this week where he was wide open and Fields just didn't see him, which yep. Fields, after the game, kind of came out and said, well, on that play, my eyes aren't supposed to go there. And it's kind of like, well the great ones are able to find that guy, even if that's not where the play is designed to go. Right. So you hope that's a teaching moment. But Robinson, just the production hasn't been there, and it's been disappointing. So I think he's had some favorable, favorable matchups just in terms of the secondaries they've been playing. So I don't know. You wonder if he's injured or you wonder if he's maybe engaging in some self-preservation because he's on the franchise tag. But just the numbers haven't been there like you would have hoped. Yeah, um, I, I, I completely agree with that. And I got to say, um, when I did read what Fields had to say, um, I kind of took it more as he was just saying, this is the way the play is designed. This is what I was supposed to be doing. And I just didn't see him. Yeah. I, I, I didn't feel like he was uh, you know, trying to make an excuse at all. Um, but I do think, uh, obviously, if he's going to be a great quarterback in the NFL, his vision has to be huge. And I do think he has that. But he's not at that point. He did miss Robinson yep. wide open. I mean, it, so you you've got to have that. But I think right now, uh, I think that w- with where he he he's at, um, just the fact that he was able to scramble for a first down on that play was was good. But we do we need him to see that and 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 chuck that. Yeah, I agree, and I don't think he was making an excuse either. You just hope that it's a teaching moment, right? And you know that. Maybe next time he does see him because that's what the great guy, that's what the great ones do. Right, right. Um, so my my last question for this uh, for our our trimester review is: If this was the end of the season, would you fire Matt Nagy? <laughs> uh, am I am I starting? Go ahead. Well, well, I would have fired him after last year. Yeah, I would. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So. I was kind of when 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 we decided we were going to do this trimester review. I was thinking about my expectations going into the year because I thought the Bears were going to be awful. Yeah, like, I literally put a bet on them before the season that they were going to have the worst record in the league, <laughs> yeah. and so 
I also thought... I didn't think they were going to be that bad. <laughs> I also thought that they were going to get to being awful by playing Andy Dalton like 12 games. Yep. So I'm happy that's not happened. Um, and the Bears have exceeded my expectations to this point by being 500, so throw them a parade for that. Yeah. But I, I, I kind of go back to the first thing that we talked about on the very first episode of this podcast because while Fields has played, we haven't necessarily seen him develop yet Mm -hmm. right like he's had his flash plays like we've talked about but we haven't really seen him put together a lot of sustained drives and a lot of that is to be expected because he's a rookie but you wonder where he would be if the Bears hadn't wasted training camp in the preseason giving all the first team reps to Dalton right and so I think to me that is the biggest criticism I have of Matt Nagy to this point is that you had Justin Fields right there and you decided to spend a bunch of time giving reps to Andy Dalton, and it just didn't, you know, accomplish anything. And that's exactly what we talked about week one, right? So um, we'll see where the season goes. I think that if over the next 11 games you see Fields start to take those next steps, then I maybe wouldn't fire Nagy. Um, but it's it's kind of – it remains to be seen, I guess. So – um, mo- most of my thoughts are right in line with yours. And, um, I think that, um, uh, definitely the off season was highlighted by the draft. Uh, we, you know, this a, a monumental thing that I was pretty convinced was not going to happen did. Um, and, uh, I felt like that that was the chance for Pace and Nagy to, Say okay, we've got our guy. Uh, this is this is us full blast, and we've got no excuses. We've got nowhere to hide. Um, I don't feel like that that has happened. I feel like uh, they have been waffling with another quarterback. I'm pretty much done with Nagy. I, I don't really see it anymore. Um, I felt what. I felt what happened in the Cleveland game was point-blank irresponsible. That was fireable. Yeah, it was a fireable offense. I I, I really hoped on that Monday that they were going to can him. Um, I don't see uh, the offensive output that he supposedly brings. I don't see the quarterback development that he supposedly brings. Um, you know, the team plays better when he doesn't call plays. He can make up as many excuses about it as he wants, but I'm pretty sure every single Bears fan sees that, you know. So I just, I don't see why to keep him. You know, I, I, I think that, um, I think they have found a nice piece in Sean Desai. I do like, um, I, I, I was a little critical of that uh, of that pick because I felt like it was a little lazy, um, but it's so far that the 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 team really seems to be responding to him. I think he I think he would have even a better defense if he had a little bit more in the pantry to work with, right? Um, and I also think that Juan Castillo is doing a fairly decent job uh, of taking. You know, uh, uh, okay, here's five guys. Oh, wait, here, here's eight guys. Okay, well, actually, now we only have four guys. Uh, well, here's three. Here's here's another two guys. Okay, you know, I mean, so I think that, you know, he's been just thrown 
players and just said, okay, make a cohesive unit out of them. And he's done, you know, fairly well. So yeah, I, I agree. There's, so there's some good pieces like you were saying, right? But, um, the more and more I look at Nagy, the more I look at him as the odd man out. Yeah, it's like Nag. It's with Nagy. It's it's like an office space. It's what what do you do here? <laughs> right? Like so, we've already established he's not good at calling plays, which you know, as an offensive head coach, that's uh, that's a problem of, of why you got the job in the first place. Yeah. But what I have thought about Nagy is, you know, when I when I think of like bad head coach, right? Like I, I think of two things. I think of one like. You've got just no accountability. Like, players are completely out to lunch. Nobody's listening to anybody. Like, that's like Mark Trestman stuff, right? Or like right. Freddie Kitchen or something like that. Or the second thing I think of is, like, terrible game management. Like, punting when you shouldn't, not going for it. And we've seen some of that from Nagy. I, I haven't thought of too many egregious examples. Like, I, I hated this last week taking a timeout and then a challenge, right? Like, that shouldn't happen. But... When, uh, it really, it should not happen. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Like, if you're not calling plays, you're supposed to be Actually, the CEO of the team. It cannot happen. Yeah, you know that's the, that's the thing. Yeah, it, it, and we find ourselves saying that kind of stuff too much. I, I agree, but it's like with him, right? Like, the only argument I can see to keep him is that the team seems to play hard for him, right? Like. There's been times over the last three years where I've thought that the thing was about to completely go off the tracks and yeah. he's been able to right the ship. But I don't know if that's a differentiator uh, in the Whether NFL. that's enough. Yeah. Like, you're, you're dealing with professionals, and they're going to play hard for most coaches unless you're a complete idiot, like Mark right. Trestman. And, <laughs> and so, to me, unless I'm actually seeing development from Justin Fields, I don't know that you're doing enough to stay. And let's get you out of here, and let's get um, a coach in here that can develop a quarterback, and that can also get professional millionaire athletes to play hard. I think right. I don't think that's that much to ask. So, so along that line, I read um, on Twitter yesterday. Uh, I don't remember what the guy's name was. Hey, Twitter guy, uh, you, you brought up a really good point. Uh, he had written, if you look at the Bears. The off season, Nagy gets fired. That suddenly becomes one of the best yeah. coaching positions available in the NFL. Which is, I mean, when I read that, it stopped me because it's like, how long has it been since we've been able to say that the Bears are an attractive position for a prime coach? Well, it's been a long time. Well, and what's bugged me is the Bears never do any sort of complete overhaul of coach quarterback GM. I think the last time it happened was Eric Kramer with like, maybe I don't remember who that coach and GM was, but anyway, like if you think about it, when you fire, not all at the same time. Yeah. It's like when you fire, uh, when you, when you fire, uh, John Fox, you still got Ryan Pace there. Or before that, you fired Emery and Tressman, but you saddled the new coach with Jay Cutler and a completely depleted roster. Right. Right. And before that, you fire 
Angelo, but you tell Phil Emery he's got to keep Lovey for another year. So there's always just some sort of weird situation that has prevented them from doing that complete overhaul. And and I Ted agree. Phillips, Ted Phillips, Ted <laughs> Phillips. Yeah, and it's like so if if you get rid of Nagy at the end of this year, as long as he hasn't completely made a disaster of Justin Fields' first year, you'd be coming into a the Chicago Bears, which for whatever reason, is still a heritage franchise in the NFL, even though they haven't played like it in yeah. three decades. And you've got Justin Fields, and you've still maybe got some pieces on defense. That's a really good job, other than, of course, the salary cap situation, which right. is not great. But, yep, you know. it's going to be a little rough. Um, however, it is going to increase uh, pretty dramatically uh, next year because uh, it not only uh, – it actually took a dip this year. So we're going to see – what uh, figuratively is a, a pretty big jump it, it, uh, in the salary cap. You hope so. And now um, there is there is still some sore spots. Uh, Khalil Mack is is one. You know we've also been uh, we'll finally be able to dump Nick Foles in his giant numbers. So, uh, but I digress there. Uh, the I'm just looking at it as the fact that it has been a, quite a long time since. Um, Bears fans have been able to look at the head coaching position and say, you know what, we got some good stuff here. We got some good young players, and we've got we've got this to offer, so that somebody from the outside will be looking at that, several somebodies, and saying, you know what, I'd like to get that job. I want to work with Justin Fields because yep. I, I, you know, just as fans, we we love this guy, right? We're, most fans I've talked to are all of the same ilk. I don't really care that much about his numbers this year. I just want to see the kid get out there, play, get some experience, and get some success. And we've seen, even over this brief amount of time, we've actually seen some of that. Yeah, I mean, the Bears should have their pick of the litter, right? Like, I'm just kind of trying to think through, like, the jobs that are likely to be open. And it's like Jacksonville, Houston, maybe Pittsburgh, maybe... Um, you know, a couple other smaller marketplaces, but like it would be the Chicago Bears with what everybody thinks could potentially be a generational talent. Like, if you're the coach and you come in here and you win the Super Bowl with Justin Fields, you're a legend. I mean, we still talk about Mike Ditka, right? Right. I wasn't even alive when the Bears won that Super Bowl, and (laughs) and, and people my age still dress up like Mike Ditka, right? So, like, (laughs) this is a this would be a great job, and. You know, unless it, unless it's working with Nagy and you have clear evidence of that, you owe it to Fields to make a change, and you owe it to the whole organization, honestly. Yeah, so I don't know what will... I mean, obviously the McCaskies, people can keep talking about how the McCaskies are going to sell the team. That will never happen while Virginia McCaskey is alive. Zero no. percent chance. Um, maybe after after she passes away. Uh, but uh, Ted Phillips does need to go. For the longest time, I really didn't care about Ted Phillips because he's mostly a money guy, but um, the simple fact of the matter is he's been in the same spot for 20-plus years, and things uh, need to change drastically. And so I could see, it, it would I, to me, it would be great if McCaskey just fired them all. But um, I, I don't she, think, realistically, I don't think that's going to happen. I wish she would go, too. Just to conclude, <laughs> I mean, it's not going to happen. They're not going to get rid of McCaskey. I don't think they're going to get rid of Phillips, right? No. But you, you would like to and see. And I don't think they're going to, I think Pace bought himself a year. 
I don't think he deserves it because um, he somehow he skated free of the entire Trubisky calamity. But um, I, I think he bought himself another year. He must just be an incredible politician in that building because he walked away scot-free internally, right? I mean, nationally, right. everybody thinks he's an idiot. But uh, he got to keep another job. He got to draft another quarterback, so good for him. I mean, I, I honestly would like to see him and Nagy gone, and let's just start fresh. But yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of tend to think that when I look at the rest of this schedule, I kind of see the Bears finishing somewhere around like six, seven wins. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that'll be enough to keep Nagy, but I think Fields will be enough to keep pace, unfortunately, even though I don't agree with that. I just kind of see that that is the direction. I see the exact same thing. Yeah. And, you know, um, the thing with... Uh, the thing with Nagy is uh, I really, um, I like to give the coaches um, the benefit of the doubt, but he just has, he's not grown. If anything, he's, um, he's, he's, he's regressed. Uh, I don't, I, I, when he, when he says things like, um, remember all the plays come through me. What, what was that whole diatribe? There's, there's just too many. Uh, there's just too many things about him anymore that he 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 doesn't. You're right. He he does seem to have a pretty good job of getting a hold of the talent um, during the game, but he doesn't make good adjustments. So I you know I don't know what we I, I don't I don't know what we do go and get. But I don't think that he's the answer. Well, and the other thing, too, with Nagy's play calling is you still see some of that residue in the offense. Was it this week where they got down to the goal line and they ran that weird shovel play? Yeah. Like, stop doing things like that. Yeah, even some of the writers also pointed that one out. Like, what what was that on first down and goal? Like, in the next play, you hand it off to Khalil Herbert. He runs off tackle and gets into the end zone. Just... Stop with the bullshit. Yeah, like it. It doesn't Quit work. Quit trying to be. I'm the cute. Uh, I'm the cute and clever guy. Yeah, it was great your first year when everybody was impressed that we had a young, exciting coach. Just stop it now. Nobody's going to be impressed, even if that works. Everyone's going to say, "Well, that was dumb." Thank, thankfully, it, it didn't blow <laughs> up in our face, right? Like, so it's it's just enough of that stuff, and it makes you wonder, you know, like who's actually calling the plays. You know, if they do keep Nagy, I I would love to see him try to go out and find a young, exciting offensive coordinator to replace Bill Lazor with. Like nothing against Bill Lazor, but I don't think he's an elite play caller by any means. Absolutely not. He so. he he was a big part of um of uh, Cincinnati for you know a long time, right? I mean, yeah. how good were they? And, then, and, and, and <laughs> I mean, even though the offense is better under Laser than it is under Nagy, that's not that's, saying a that's lot. a very low bar. Like they're still not scoring a ton of points, right? right. So, I, I would like to see that at the very least. Is let's get somebody in here that's actually shown an ability to develop a quarterback. Because... Yeah, they just were. Um, they were just looking at that uh, or showing those numbers the other day of you know the Bears' offense over the last four seasons. And I mean, we're thirty first right now. You know, uh, points per game and yards per game. Every year that Nagy has been in charge, it's been 20 or, or below. Um, except for the 18 season, uh, we were ninth in points per game. And, you know, that one was interesting uh, primarily because uh, it was pointed out after the season that 
the defense yeah. was giving us this incredible field position every single game. Well, and the defense so, scored a lot of points. And the defense scored a lot of I points. I mean, how many, yeah. how many of those points came from the defense, right? So, like, you know, it, it, that, that was the thing is that during that first year here, nobody really talked about the fact that the offense actually regressed as the season went on. Yeah. And it was all shielded by how great the defense was and then also just some of the funny, cute trick plays that Nagy cooked up, but that uh, proved to not be sustainable. And so I don't think that he's shown me enough to warrant another year unless so, he... You so know. a buddy a buddy uh, sent this over to me. Um, it was uh, on the internet yesterday, um, or uh, pardon me, on uh, Sunday. Uh, in the 203 Bears-Packers games... The Bears have passed for 300 yards plus six times. Man. That, I mean, you'd think it would be more than that on accident. You know, what the heck? Um, how, also, many times, how many times have the Packers done it? <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't want to know that. It, 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 the, the, it, was, it would probably be six times consecutively. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, when was the last um, time... Before this last week, they didn't throw for and, that. <laughs> and their and their longest play from scrimmage was twenty five yards. You know, I, I mean, it, it's that way every single game, right? And it just gets old. Uh, he's not he's not the offensive guru that they said he was. Um, his his play calling is not good. Uh, it's like you said, laser actually looks good next to him. They, I, I don't know what they do as far as the entire staff. I certainly like them to keep Desai. I think Desai um, already in the short season that we've had has done a, a pretty good job. But um, but I, I just, I, he's got to go. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I'd love Sean Desai to stay, but... It's not one of the things that would prevent me from hiring a new coach if he wanted to bring in his own DC. I mean, exactly. If you get if you get what you think is the right guy, then it would be a loss you would think to lose Desai. But at the same time, I mean, he's coached six games as the coordinator, right? Well, so. and you know um, who whose name would probably immediately pop back up is Jimmy Harbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm good on that one. I don't I don't need that in my life. If they hire Jim Harbaugh, I would not be happy with yeah, that. Yeah, so I'm uh, I, I one of my friends is uh is a huge Michigan huge Michigan fan. Shout out to stay to Shay and uh and uh you know, he <laughs> he uh he and I always joke about about Jim Harbaugh because I hate Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> I uh I absolutely despised that pick when we made it and uh I've uh, forever blamed him for the uh for the departure of of Dicka and so that to me right there has uh has put the kibosh on it. Yeah, and I mean, you know, he he was successful for a time with the 49ers, but he hasn't done anything for me at Michigan. No, they're they're good this year, but there's nothing that makes me excited about that hire. I want I want somebody that has a proven track record of developing a quarterback in the NFL. Like not Matt Nagy, who was in the same building when Andy Reid developed Mahomes. Like I want somebody to come in here and work with Justin Fields, whether it's as an offensive coordinator or ideally a head coach. Yeah, mold the team around the kid. Yep. 
I don't care what people say about how, you know, what, what is traditionally done. Screw tradition. We, we've had tradition up to our gills. Okay. It's not, it's, we're over it. We're done with it. Right. We need new fresh blood. You just said those same words, right? We got to have somebody come in with new ideas because that kid is all of our focus needs to go into that kid. Making the team around that kid, making plays for that that suits his best attributes, and and having him truly be the leader of the Bears. And I, I think it's been a long time since we've seen something like that. Yeah, I'm sick of Bears tradition. I, I, <laughs> I, I love watching the Bears defense go out there and smack people around. But when has that worked? It, like, 1985 was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. And that was the best defense ever. That was the only reason that I was happy when they took Nagy was because he was an offensive-minded coach. And I yeah. was like, about time. Because the thing is, is the defensive-minded coaches, that's a thing of the past now. You know, and if you uh, if you look around, um, the, the best ones all have some really serious kudos when it comes to understanding offenses. And to me, the first person that you look at is Bill Belichick. The reason that the Patriots worked was because Belichick saw something in this young, scrawny kid from Michigan and said, you know what? I'm going to develop that kid. He and I are going to be like peas and carrots. What I hope doesn't happen is, you know how in the NFL people tend to overcorrect their mistakes? So it was like, oh, we had Tressman, who was this just total loon that had absolutely... That literally everybody said, who? Yeah. And, what? And so you overcorrect by hiring the, the, the quintessential football guy, John Fox. Oh. And then that doesn't work, so then... He was old and grouchy, so we're going to bring in this young guy, Matt Nagy. <laughs> and I, I hope they kind of go back that same path. Even though Nagy hasn't worked, I don't think it was necessarily the wrong thought, thought process. I think they just hired the wrong guy. Agreed. So I, I hope that they go back to that well. I, I would hate to see him bring in kind of an old retread coach. No. Um, that's that's not what I want. Like I, I want to see a guy that comes in here that has exciting offensive ideas and that yes. knows how to work with a quarterback. Yeah, it, for real. That, that's the thing is, is you're right. The mindset, the thought process, that was in that, that was in the right place. But Maggie was a hit and a, it was it was it was a swing and a miss. He maybe it was a single. <laughs> so so we're both in the same place on this question, right? If you would, if the season ended today, we'd both fire Maggie. Exactly, exactly. But so, before before we sign off, can I bring up one more guy that I just love? Oh, yeah. Jakeem Grant. <laughs> that guy's fun. <laughs> he, he is. That was, a, that was a pretty decent, especially we, because we picked him up in midseason. Yeah, I know, man. It's like when I, when I heard that, I was like, you're trading a draft pick for a kick returner. But even though he makes some decisions that are kind of like, what are you doing? He's at least fun to watch. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. Um, I know he got banged up. I don't really think he's that important. But he's just kind of a guilty pleasure of mine on the Bears. Yeah, he, um, he's got a good quickness to him, for real. He does. Uh, that um, I, I do. Uh, well, that's another episode of uh, Bear Scat in, in the can. And uh, pun intended. Uh, and then um, we'll be uh, we'll be back. We, no, we didn't talk about uh, the the Bucks Bears game much. Um, simply because yeah, the Bears uh, are gonna lose. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm just I'm hoping for what we have talked about, and that is I'd like to see the kid go out there 
um, make some plays against a really tough opponent in their house. Um, I think that uh, he's certainly capable of doing that. But the simple fact of the matter is, is that the whole team just has has pieces missing, and we we've got to see that gel more. Yeah. So the only thing I'll say is that I hope that this is the game where we finally see Fields throw for 300 yards. Because That'd be awesome. Tampa is elite against the run. And they're soft against the pass. Their secondary is incredibly banged up. So there should be opportunities. You hope that this is actually the game where you see Fields put up some some points. Because, Let him throw it 40 times. Yeah, I mean, A, I think the Bears are going to be losing the entire game. Like, Tampa Bay is going to score every time they have the ball. Exactly. And and so I, I think it'll be a negative game script. And uh, like I said, there's there's uh, there, there are spots to pick on in that secondary. So... Hopefully, 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 this is the week where we see it, even though I think the Bears probably get killed here. Yeah, I, I think it's um, probably not close. But uh, as you said, uh, maybe the kid and uh, the, the rest of the offense can go out there and have a little fun. They're not going to be under the pressure of being at Soldier Field. They're going to be playing in the fun sun. Yep. And uh, so maybe we can just see them go out and you know play a little pitch and catch, right? You hope so, and hopefully you don't give up 50 points. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, well, uh, I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. Thank and, you again for listening. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Go Bears. Go Bears. <laughs>